Hey, y'all, this is Trina, and this month we are celebrating Black Maternal Health Week, which is April 11th through 17th. Um, It's a week to acknowledge and talk about and raise awareness about the black maternal health crisis that's happening in this country where black women and children are dying at higher rates during birth and delivery. Um, And this hot topic is really pressing right now. Um, It's actually not about a black maternal health crisis around childbirth in a hospital because this family, Tamisha and Rodney Jackson, chose to do an alternative route. They chose to have their baby in a home birth, and they hired and contracted a licensed midwife who are licensed to give birth. I had my baby inside of a hospital, and the person who helped deliver my baby was a black midwife. They delivered their baby at home. Baby is healthy, thriving, fine. They've connected with their doctor. She did all of her pediatric, I mean, all of her prenatal visits. They did everything right, and their baby was taken when they brought their baby to the doctor. Um, because the baby had jaundice. Now, everyone knows jaundice is a common thing with babies. Again, my baby who was born early had jaundice, and there are treatments that you can do to help with the jaundice, which is like the yellowing of the eyes and the skin. And it's a very tragic event that's happening right now where this family is fighting for their baby to be returned home. Um, They have been denied access to their child. They have had CPS be involved and have their child removed. Their child is in foster care. Their baby is so tiny and young, and it's been nearly two weeks since their baby has been removed from their homes. And so if you are really advocating and wanting to show up for this family, um, we ask that you continue to write letters and continue to follow their campaign. The baby's name is Mila, so if you want to look it up, and first, more about this case, look up the hashtag Bring Mila Home. Bring Mila Home. Or you can look up Justice for Mila Jackson as a hashtag. Um, as of now, the family has received a rescheduled hearing for April 20th. So by the time this podcast drops, um, that case will be happening and we'll have more information. But I just want to say, like, this is such an important issue um, because black families have had to experience so much violence um, and heartbreak at the hands of the healthcare system. Um, the episode today is going to be featuring um, an RN and a person who runs programs to support um, doulas and providing doula services to families because we know that the medical system, the medical industrial system, literally is built upon racism, is built upon slavery. It's built upon a long history of white folks experimenting on black bodies. And so when black people take it upon themselves to create alternative paths to try to raise their children, to try to give birth to their children in the safety of their homes, which is a long traditional practice, that even when we do that, the system tries to take our children from us. So we must do things to fight back, to stand up and to resist. So we honor this family, um, Tamisha and Ronnie Jackson, who have been advocating, protesting, raising awareness, speaking out, um, because we know that black children belong with their families. So continue to do that work and check out this episode. Raising black children in the United States can be really scary. And as a black mother, I realized I was parenting from fear and I wanted to make a commitment to Parent for Liberation. You are listening to Parenting for Liberation podcast and I am your host, Trina Green-Brown. Each month, I'm joined by other black parents and we discuss our own journeys to push past our fears 
so that we can raise our beautiful black children to be whole, free, and liberated. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping. Hey, y'all, this is Trina with Parenting for Liberation, and today we are speaking with Shamisha Ebotaman, and she is the founder of Her Story, Inc., um, an organization which comprised of doulas and nurses and lactation consultants, midwives, pediatric nurse practitioners, women's health nurse practitioners, therapists, and social workers who all provide maternal and family health education and birthing services to create stress-free pregnancy before and postpartum for the mother and family. Shamisha, welcome to our podcast to hey. honor Black Maternal Health Week. Yes, thank you for having me. Yes. Um, Shamisha has all the titles. I was like, that's a lot. But Shamisha's <laughs> also... <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to include. She is a registered nurse, a certified lactation educator, and owner of Nurse Milk LLC. Um, and we are actually in studio. Y'all know I don't never really do a lot of in-studio live recordings. I'm normally on the phone with people. So it's nice to be in person with you. Welcome. Yes. 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 Thank you. Showing up for Orange County. Um, so speaking of, we are in Orange County, California. The population's... We are. Two percent black here, y'all. Mm -hmm. Please send us help. Send us black people. We need them. <laughs> um, so noticing, obviously, that there's a considerable lack of cultural, culturally competent care um, being provided to black and other BIPOC families here in Orange County. You founded Herstory. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you started it and what were you observing about black families in your work? So. Um, her story came about because um, I had my daughter at St. Joseph in 2017. I was adamant about breastfeeding, but my nurse was not. Uh, St. Joseph is a baby-friendly hospital, and that means they promote breastfeeding, but um, not for everybody. So um, she came in, she put a bottle of formula on the counter, and she walked out. No instructions. I'm a first-time mom. Um, and that was it. So I gave it to my daughter because I wanted to breastfeed, but she wasn't ready to last. She was about, I don't know, an hour old. Um, she came back about 10 minutes later and basically scolded me because I gave her too much. But she didn't give me any instructions. <laughs> so um, fast forward to the next day, the nurse came in and was so kind and gentle and calm. I got the lactation consultant in the room, made sure I knew what I was doing before I got home and um, kind of jump-started us on our breastfeeding journey. So I started Googling and looking up black lactation consultants in Orange County, and I can only find one in all the entire county. So I said, okay, I want to I wanna get certified in this. So I reached out to Breastfeed LA and that's what I did. I took their classes. And for the mentorship hours to sit for the board exam, they sent me back to the same unit at the same hospital. And I saw in four years later, nothing had changed. Wow. <laughs> it was nothing had changed. Um, there were people of color, especially black women, were still um, being labeled aggressive, um, not getting their questions answered. Uh, it was just, I said, well, okay, nothing has progressed at all. Wow. So I started calling other birth workers in Orange County that I knew um, were passionate about the same thing I was passionate about. And I said, hey, I want to start a nonprofit. Are you in? And that's kind of, that's kind of how we got started. 
Um, then I just found other people who were like-minded. Listen, listen, you and um, our other first person that we interviewed this um, for this month for Black Maternal Health Week, um, we interviewed Lydia O'Boyd, who's a black breastfeeding expert, consultant, um, has all the certifications, internationally certified, lactation certified, all the things. She shared um, a similar pathway to this work, right? The personal is the political, right? And so I just love... <laughs> You just got to give it up for black women. Like, what can black women not do? It's like you experience the thing. I don't know. You I don't know. know what? I haven't figured it out yet. You know what we haven't figured <laughs> out is how to get all our reparations back because <laughs> that's what we need. Uh, we need to be paid well for all the things we need that to we move do. to San Francisco. Aren't they working on reparations there? That's well, it better be statewide. I'm <laughs> 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 the only gonna get it. Shoot. Um, but. But just like really acknowledging and admiring and appreciating that you took a personal struggle and made it your life's work. Um, and like you can do something about it. Um, and were you already a nurse when this happened? Yes. Right. And so I just wanted to add that layer like you are a nurse. So that means you are trained, you have expertise, you're knowledgeable about the medical system. And yet and still they're still treating you like this. Right. Because right. oftentimes when we talk about black maternal health, there's a lot of people naysayers who are like, well, it's because black women don't have insurance or they don't take care of themselves or they're not educated. And it's like, no, black maternal health is a crisis because it's impacting all black women, regardless of status, education, income, professional degrees or not. Right. And so it's an important issue. So I appreciate you starting her story. Um, Absolutely. And you're doing incredible work and training doulas. And, you know, it's been really nice to see um, her story start and already growing so fast, like so mm -hmm. rapidly, because that lets me know that it's needed out here in these it's streets. It's very much needed. Um, there's literally no other organization in Orange County that is doing what we do. No. Nobody else. I, I can vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, no, there's not. So there's literally an open lane because it's so needed, but nobody is nobody's willing to do it. Yeah. No, you know, speaking of, nobody's willing to do it. No one's even willing to talk about it, right? Um, recently, as of like, you know, about a week ago, she did it about a week ago, a week ago, a week ago, her organization, your organization put on um, an important event and you did a screening of a film called Birthing Justice, um, which puts black women at the center of the fight to fix the broken maternal care system. Um, and this was the first conversation ever in Orange County where folks yes. were saying the words black maternal health. Yes. With the group of like over 150 people showing up. Yes. Kudos to you if we had the thank you, thank sound you. effects. <laughs> ah, ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> can you tell us more about how that event came to be and why Black Maternal Health is important and why that's a conversation that needs to be happening in Orange County? Yeah, we were approached by Orange County Healthcare Agency, um, Dr. Chung in particular. She is the acting um, director there, and they're they're very much interested in black maternal health. So she reached out to us to partner um, to bring this film to Orange County. I said, okay. So we decided to bring in UCI, uh, Lead ABC, which is their um, UCI's um, black and brown medical students. Okay. So we brought them in. Um, we brought um, First Five Orange County in. We brought um, just a lot of other organizations um, to bring um, light to the black maternal health crisis in the United States. And um, 
we really didn't know how many people were going to show up. Um, we thought maybe a hundred. So we ordered maybe, we ordered about 150 meals and then we got 150 people to register and we're like, okay, well, I hope nobody else shows up because they won't eat. Uh, <laughs> but, but somebody um, gonna be hungry. It was, I didn't realize it was history until the end of the night when somebody said, you know, we've never had a conversation like this in an open forum. Black maternal health has never been talked about publicly with people who could actually make a difference. Wow. I said, okay. Making wow. history. 134 Making years. Making history. <laughs> Making history. Look at you living out your name of your organization yeah, yeah. so quickly after its founding. So speaking of black maternal health, right, um, it's a pressing issue. It's becoming like a hot topic um, all over the country and beyond. Can you actually speak to some of the reasons why black women are disproportionately affected by black maternal health and black maternal mortality, actually? Racism. Say it again. Uh, racism. For the people in the back, they didn't hear um, Bias. Um, <laughs> implicit, I'm change it up. Implicit uh. bias. Explicit bias. All the words. Um, <laughs> all the words. It um, has nothing to do with my health, with my maternal care, with my socioeconomic status, with my education, none of that. It has to do with the fact that the American healthcare system was built on... Slavery. Preach, preacher. It was built on the backs of Anarcha, Betsy, and Lucy. Yes. Who are these three important these black three young women? These three teenagers were enslaved girls who were bought by J. Marion Sims, um, who is known as the father of modern gynecology. But he experimented on these women, did surgery on these women without any anesthesia. Let's without any anesthesia because they felt like black women didn't experience pain. How many how many times have we heard that recently? Black women don't experience pain. That's been said over and over again since slavery. Right. It's been used to so to create more harm. This man it. developed the modern day speculum, the one where you use for that's used every day in cervical exams. They were it was built on the backs of these women. So they are known, they need to be known as the mothers of modern gynecology because without them, we wouldn't be here. Right. Ashe, Ashe, well said. And so racism still alive to this day mm-hmm. and it's impacting black women at disproportionate rates. Um, and racism literally is killing us. Um, you know, I know you know about the concept of weathering. That also has a lot to do with our bodies being weathered by racism. Um, the ongoing chronic and toxic stress of being black and like experiencing microaggressions or not even micro experiencing like full fledged racism right. or feeling uh, experiencing attacks or witnessing trauma. Right. Every time we turn on the news, we see something traumatic that's impacting black people. And so that literally has a physical impact on our bodies and I know we like to say black don't cry <laughs> I look like I'm only 20 and they 50 but on the inside, the inside. <laughs> on the inside I'm 82 I'm 82 yeah. right um and so we do have to address the impact of racism on our physical um bodies and we can't just keep saying oh black people just our bodies are weary literally um, but we can't just be like it's our responsibility because right. we're not the one right racializing us right, right. 
Yes. Okay. So another question I have for you is how does your org, Her Story, um, work to address all of these things that we just talked about? Racism. How y'all be addressing racism um, in the systemic barriers that are impacting black families in particular? So we started with our board. Um, our board is very diverse, um, but the commonality is we're all mothers. So we all have our own motherhood journeys, but we have black women, white women, Indian women, Latinx women on our board. But we're coming together because we we need that we need that diversity, but we need those other people to become allies mm-hmm. and not just stand by and watch it happen. Right. So whereas our treasurer Arissa, who's white, may be able to say something in a room and it's way out there, and nobody will ever call her angry. Right. But when I say it, I'm the angry black woman. So, and she's well aware of that. So sometimes I say, Arissa, I need you to go in, and I need you to, I need you to be that pit bull because I, because if I say it, then I'm gonna get blacklisted. But I need you to you to come in and and do what you do. Right. Right. So we're. We're breaking down those barriers, but we're also providing a service that most people in Orange County can't afford. A doula in Orange County costs between two and four thousand dollars. Wow! On average, just because it's Orange County, because I don't feel like yeah. it's the same rate up in LA. Yeah. Huh. And that who most people don't have an extra two thousand even just laying around. Let me let me just give you a little two thousand. Where does that? Right. Can I get some? So it's a it's a barrier, right. especially for Black and Brown women. But for the sure. thing is. If we provide this free service and we're providing doula care, we provide lactation classes, we're providing childbirth education classes, then we're helping to break down those barriers. Right. Because 98% of women still give birth in the hospital. That's a high rate. It's a huge rate. But they also can get doula support in the hospital, yes, right? Yes, they can follow them to the hospital. They can follow them to doctor's appointments. They can follow them wherever they go. Okay, okay that's important. Um, and we're going to get to a little bit about like doula midwife rework um, a little bit later. But first, um, you know, one of the leading organizations that's doing a lot of work around black maternal health and like kind of spearheads um, the Black Maternal Health Week campaigns um, is the Black Mama Matter Alliance, Black Mamas Matter Alliance. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to one of their reports, they showed that black women are more likely to experience medical racism and bias in the healthcare system, which could lead to delayed or inadequate care. So how do you think, like, you know, maybe through dual support or through midwives, how do you think um, we can address systemic racism um, and bias in the healthcare system to improve maternal health outcomes for black women? Well, I tell all providers, check your bias. We all have bias. And if you say you don't, you're a liar. If you say you don't, <laughs> you haven't done any self-work. Right. You got to do. You got to look inside. Like, Listen. okay, why is what's happening to her? Why is that triggering me? Like, I'm like, but I have lots of black friends. What are you right. talking about, Shamisha? Or, or they say, I don't see color. Then you oh, don't see yeah. me. I don't see color is the word. So am I clear? You don't see me? I don't understand. <laughs> Because if you truly see me, then you will know that as a black person in America, I have additional stressors on top of being pregnant. Well, yeah, they don't they don't know. They don't they don't don't see that. that. Yeah. But as a labor and delivery nurse, as somebody who's taking care of birthing people, it's your job to know that. 
Yeah. So that's why I said check your bias. Yeah. But I get so take like the in, time to research. It's not my job to educate you on who I am and my oh, identity. It's and... not my job. Google it. Get a book. <laughs> so it's not my job to walk you through blackism. It's not. It's not right. My I'm not job. here for Afro M one hundred and one class. <laughs> you know, if you want to pay me to be a consultant, that's one thing. But right. yeah. it's, it's not my job. But it it takes you know starting them in in medical school. I was gonna say it can't be when the person shows up. Yeah, to the appointment. start them in medical school. Get that training in medical school. Get that bias training then instead of some old head who's been doing this for forty years. You know. They're not, they're not changing. Training. They're not changing. <laughs> no, and they never had that training. Yeah. Honestly, I was talking to one of my students who was um was actually in nursing, was in the nursing program, but she was taking my AFAM class. And she they they said um they had never like none of the content from my class, which is like an AFAM class, which talks about, you know, we there's a whole segment about like medical apartheid mm-hmm. and the history of racism and I talked to them about Bessie, Arnaka, Lucy. You know, I've done that whole presentation with them. And they were like, yeah, this is something that the medical students should be learning. Like, why don't we know about this right. stuff? And they didn't know about, like, Henrietta Lacks and how her cells were used and how her cells were used to help with the vac- the COVID vaccine. Like, mm-hmm. her cells are still being used to this day. And, like, that, that, that is not taught. Um, no. And it's not accidental like it's, not, it's very much on purpose it's on purpose why would they want to celebrate that black people basically is out here healing the whole world right <laughs> and even even when i was in nursing school 12 years ago it was in our book they broke it down by ethnicity uh-huh. um and they said black people um don't experience pain at the same rate as other races and it says that in the book in nursing school and i was like mm, that's not true that's not true at all. I know <laughs> that's not true. But if you don't have the wherewithal to know that that's not true, and then it you carry that in your practice, right? And then you also like are living in a world full of stereotypes that mm-hmm. reinforce that, right? Yep. Um, and I'm curious, what do you think is the reason why white people and society and whatever wants to believe that we can handle more pain? Why do you think that is? What they trying to do to us? History. History. No, History not because, why. Because they made it up, right? So I'm saying, what do you think? What was the strategy? What was they trying to do in history? Why was they trying to make it seem like we could handle more pain? So they could torture us more? Could be. I don't know, honestly. To justify slavery? I feel like that could be part of it. Yeah. Um, they did a study a couple years ago with medical students, and they actually thought that black skin was thicker. These so are medical that's, students. That's why they be jabbing us all aggressively when they be doing our blood yeah, samples and stuff. Because I've had to, I I don't know how many times I've had to argue with doctors. I've had a, I had a patient who had a hysterectomy, who was on the the strongest medicine was um, ibuprofen eight hundred. That's you what just, they gave me when they did my wisdom teeth, and then other people they gave Vicodin. Yeah, you you just took out her whole uterus, and you gave her ibuprofen eight hundred. But that's nothing. The, the the meth addict who who broke their leg because they fell because they were high, you give them Dilaudid every two every two hours. Make that make sense? I know that sounds like a strong drug. I don't even know what it Dilaudid is. Dilaudid is strong. Dilaudid is seven times stronger than morphine. Oh wow! Yeah, and yeah. they don't give us pain medicines because we don't experience pain, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it also is this like um, 
this underlying assumption that black people have addict are more addicted or like we're seek we're like uh, drug seekers. Mm-hmm. I've heard this from friends um, who have um, different illnesses, sickle like cell sickle especially. cell, especially. I was just yeah, mm-hmm. and then you can speak more to that. Like I have a friend who has sickle cell. When they have their crises, they have a hard time getting the pain medicine that they yeah. need. They're accused of being um, like drug seekers or like just wanting, and it's so, and that's a, a illness that impacts black people predominantly mm-hmm. or only. And so, I'm like, what is up with this belief that we just out here just trying to seek drugs when that's actually not the truth? Yeah, yeah, this is wild. Our medical system. <sighs> okay, so when we look at all of these <laughs> disparities, right? Um, there's lots of them um, within the traditional medical field. Um, this is why people have been pushing or been encouraging, right, folks to like not necessarily think outside the box, but like there are other there are other avenues to taking care of ourselves and our health in ways that are wholeness centered or um, community centered or that are rooted in some of our ancestral practices, right? Like around starting to reintegrate doulas, reintegrate midwifery into our our practices as black folks, right? Reclaiming mm-hmm. our health, right? Mm-hmm. And so folks have been doing that. But even when folks try to do that, right, there's still systemic barriers. And so recently there was a case um, of parents um, who are in Dallas, Texas, um, the Jacksons, Tamisha and Ronnie Jackson, who gave birth um, in a home birth with a doula present who's certified in everything. And when a midwife. Ba- a midwife, sorry. Mm-hmm. Yes, correct me, because midwives have different licenses than doulas. I be using them interchangeably, and I know that's wrong. I, I sorry, I sorry. I just know that they be helping us. <laughs> I actually had a midwife, and I was wondering. I was like, oh, she was black, and I was so happy. Um, shout out to her because she did save me during my pregnancy. I had a whole lot of pregnancy complications too. That sometimes when I think about black maternal health, I kind of like forget my own. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably a protective measure to yeah. not be traumatized every time I hear these stories. Um, But they did everything the right way, right, this family in Texas. And they had their newborn taken by authorities when they brought the baby to the hospitals for the, like, wellness baby check. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to speak to that and how do you think – because, you know, like, I feel like that is so so scary, especially because there's been a huge, you know – advocacy for us to be able to try to utilize doulas and midwives and have alternatives that are safer for us because black people are dying inside a hospital so then do it in the safety of your home and then to see that this case is going to make more folks afraid to try that because people got their babies taken so what what reflections do you have about that and um what do you think we could do in terms of policies to make sure that these type of things don't happen again and the thing is, it's like, just like you said, it is going to make people afraid. Like, number one, everybody can't afford a midwife. Midwives aren't cheap. But there are a lot of programs out there that will help you pay for a midwife. But at the same time, it's going to be like, oh, okay, well, I did all of this, and they still took my baby. They still didn't listen to me. They still caused me and my baby trauma. So it's it's, it's a matter of... Talking to your elected officials, establishing those relationships, finding organizations who will speak on your behalf, protesting, writing letters, doing whatever is necessary, going on social media. That's the way to get the word out these days. Yeah, I mean, this family has been um, advocating. Yeah. And that's why we know. 
we are out here, they are out there in those streets protesting and yeah. speaking out every day. But because you know. I, I can't imagine, you know, having your newborn be forcibly taken out of your arms by the police. Right, when you like, did everything. How do you... And did all the right things. And that would e- never happen e- to e- a non-black person. Absolutely not. And even when the baby comes back, you still live with that trauma. Right. And then you get your baby back. Who's to say how long? Because there's no... I've, I haven't seen any, like, shift or change or motion um, in this case. Yeah. Um, but it does make me feel like, as black people... I want to make sure that we don't lose hope and be afraid because I know a lot of decisions sometimes that we make is out of fear because we're afraid mm-hmm. that we'll lose our children or we're afraid that we're going to lose our lives when we're going to deliver, right? All of that fear induce, induces choices that make you feel like you're choosing between a rock and a hard place. Like yeah. you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And so I definitely want to still encourage folks to still look at your networks and look at the resources available to you and to still reach out to organizations like Her Story who's providing doula care support um, and still don't let like a systemic severing make us stop trying to do this pathway around returning to our ancestral ways of having children and giving birth. Because we know that with the support of a doula, their data shows that with the support of doula and midwives that actually black folks have a, a, a stronger chance of surviving the birthing process. Absolutely. But I hear, I hear a lot that people say, well, um, birth workers of of color are what's going to help the maternal health system, which it will help. But that's like putting a Band-Aid over a bullet hole. Right. True. Because we did not cause the issue. It's a systemic change that right. needs to happen. Absolutely. Because, we, like I said, we didn't, we didn't bring the issues. The issues came to us. Right. So we have to change the system. You can have all the doulas of color you want. If the doctor is still not listening to you, right. then what's going to happen? Right. If the nurse is still not listening to you, what's going to happen? So what do you think the bigger solution is? Starting from the top, starting from the top, because, like I said, the you can have their advocate, you know, at your bedside, but when you when you shift the the mindset of the change makers of the of the people who are delivering the care, that's when you really see change. When you get more black nurses and doctors in the room, that's when you see a change. Black doctors only make up a, probably about 2%, actually 2% of OBGYNs, just two in all of America. Jeez. So, That's why it's so hard to find one. So when, and funny so enough, funny. I have a black OBGYN, but she stays booked. Oh, yeah. I stays see. booked. Wait, you got one in Orange County? Orange County, Dr. Lisa Crane. Where's she at? Let me doctors her. of Women. In Irvine. Watch. Watch. I'm going to try to get an appointment. It's going to be booked. like, next year, my 2024. Care, my, my primary care, Dr. Yano Smith, booked. Black. Months out. Black. Months out. Booked. Yeah. Because there's so few of them. So yeah. everybody wants to see them. All the black people want to see them. Right. Of so course. Cultural competency is important. Yeah. Cultural congruency is important, right? It in is. Healthcare. Well, so it sounds like one of the solutions is we need more black doctors. We do. <laughs> we need more black nurses, more black RNs and midwives. We need mm-hmm. more black. I mean, then we got to talk all about the educational system and how that's all crappy. So who black people? We got a lot of work to do. This is why black women is so tired. Yeah. So if you see a black woman say, <laughs> give us some love. OK, um, before I let you go, um, is there anything else that you want to share that I may have not covered? 
our community doula program. Yes, talk um, about it. So it's called Birth Women OC. Yes. It stands for Birth Initiative for Reproductive Rights, Transforming and Healing Women of Color. Both Birth Women OC for short. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting some of those folks who are yes, in training. They are some amazing doulas. We currently have seven doulas. Um, we were funded through Equity and OC to um, to serve 20 families to open um, Orange County's first community doula program. And we provide doulas of color to families of color. And the only buy-in is you have to take, you have to be a family of color in Orange County. You have to take our lactation class provided by us mm-hmm. and our childbirth education class free of charge. That's it. And you only got 20 spots. How many spots you got left open? So the second cohort, we just opened the application April 1st. So, so second cohort, time? we have nine we have nine spots left for the second cohort. When is the application due? So applicate. we're going to start the childbirth education class in July. So we have time. Oh, you have time. Have Listen, time. by the time this episode drops, if you're in Orange County and you are looking for a doula of color, um, you can get access for free, yes. free of charge. So the second cohort due dates are September 2nd through October 28th. Okay, so you have to be delivering in that window. Mm-hmm. Listen, I deliver my baby a month early. How you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. What if the window needs to be a little wider? You're right. And the thing is, once we get more funding, we can open the window as far as we need to. Right, right, right. All right, y'all. But we, in order to get more funding, we have to show that the program is effective mm-hmm. and impactful. And, you know, the data, 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 the numbers got to be speaking. Right. So, y'all, if y'all hear this and you know someone in the OC area who is birthing or pregnant, um, send them to Her Story. Her Tell story them how Inc. to find you. So you can find us at herstoryinc.org is our website. You can find us on IG and on Facebook, Her Story Inc. 21. Um, we always have updates there. Um, we're always we're planning some events this summer um, throughout Orange County, uh, raising awareness about black maternal health. So stay tuned. Oh, good. I need to collaborate on one of those events this summer. Okay. I already had something I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, Anyway. Oh, awesome. (laughs) Oh, wait. Before we go, you got a whole other side thing that you should tell people about so they can find it. You also do work with a mother collective here in Orange County. Yes, yes. So, yeah, she, you know, she got the birth stuff on lock. And if you have a child and you're here in Orange County, they have lots of community events and gatherings. um, Two years ago, I opened, uh, I started a Facebook group called Melanin Moms of OC, specifically for black women um, in Orange County, uh, just to create community. We do a lot of stuff. We went to um, somewhere, had a little tea party, had had our little tea party with their little tea hats. (laughs) You they know. had a little wine thing the other day. Yeah, we do. Listen, we I'll do be a lot watching and I don't even be going. I need to get my life together. These kids <laughs> and these sports taking over my life. But I want to show up at one of these events um, yes. this summer, maybe, and build community because it it does feel very isolating. I'm so grateful that I have like my siblings and my family who are local, but. Um, it would be so great to connect with other black moms. Um, so the name of the group is Melon. Melanin Moms of OC. Melanin Moms of OC. Okay. Blackity Black Mom Space Mom Group Online. And they also meet up in person. So it's really yes. dope. Well, thank you for all that you do. Absolutely. You know, in addition to being a whole RN <laughs> and being a mother. Um, thank you for all that you do to support black folks birthing and also black mamas finding community. Um, I'm really honored to have met you out here in these yeah. OC streets and to know that there's Absolutely. someone doing incredible work here. Thank you. Thank you for, thank you for having me. 
I appreciate you, and we we love having you come and speak because everybody's always talking about well, when is Trina coming back. Well, yeah, I'm on my way. So yes, you make an impact <laughs> as well. <laughs> yes. All right, my love. It was good talking to you. You too. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting for Liberation. I hope something on this episode will inspire you on your parenting journey. Please like us on all social media at Parenting for Liberation. Until next time, let's get free, y'all.